Assembly, including the rules of debate apply. Members do enjoy the same powers and privileges that apply in the sitting of the National Assembly. Members should equally note that anything that is said in the virtual platform is deemed to have been said to the House and may be ruled upon. All members who have locked in shall be considered to be present and are requested to mute their microphones and only unmute when recognized to speak. This is because the microphones are very sensitive and will pick up noises that may disturb the attention of other members. And when recognized to speak, please unmute your microphone and connect your audio as well as your video. Members may make use of the icons on the bar at the top of the screens, which is an option that allows a member to put up his or her hand to raise a point of order. The Secretariat will assist in this regard. And when using the virtual system, members are urged to refrain or desist from unnecessary points of order. We shall now proceed to the order, which is debate on vote number eight, National Treasury. I now recognize the Honorable Minister in the Presidency. The Honorable Minister. Honorable Members, Shabrasin and members of the Joint Standing Committee on Intelligence, Deputy Ministers is a Nico Coordinator Ambassador Msima, Director General of the State Security Agency Ambassador Machola and Abstentia, Veterans of Intelligence Services, Distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, let me start by thanking the Honorable Speaker and his August House at large for giving us the opportunity to present this project policy statement of the State Security Agency for the financial year 2022-23. This moment affords us the platform not only to reflect and account on our previous commitments and performance as an agency, but also an opportunity to assess our strengths and weaknesses in the mission to fulfill our constitutional mandate, which is to defend the safety of our citizens and the territorial integrity of the Republic. In pursuit of the constitutional directive, we are guided by the firm principle that national security is the patriotic duty and responsibility of the state and the citizens of the Republic. We hold this principle in the highest regard because the bedrock of any intelligence services is its ability to connect with the people and to harness their energies in order to achieve its national security goals. It is for this reason that we speak of a doctrinal shift in our undertaking of national security from a state focus to a national and people-centric enterprise based on the fundamental values of our constitution. One of the surest ways of strengthening the people-centric outlook is to demystify the domain of intelligence. As the high-level review panel observed, the phenomenon of excessive secrecy has detached us from the parts of our nation. While respecting the imperative of the secret nature of intelligence as a craft, the Constitution enjoins us to be more transparent, accountable, and open to the needs of the public. Against this background, the Civilian Intelligence Service is bound to examine the introduction of a fully-fledged public awareness and liaison capacity, which will drive the achievement of this strategic objective. Chairperson, we are meeting at a critical time in the history of our democratic nation, 
where our people are faced with the most challenging conditions, especially with regard to their safety and security. This in addition to the dire threat of enduring poverty, joblessness, and the ever-rising cost of living. From a security point of view, it is not exaggeration that our country is gripped by an atmosphere of fear and insecurity, which is in contrast with the provisions of Section 198 of our Constitution. <clears throat> if nothing is done to turn the situation around, we will reach the deepest level of devastation from which it will be difficult to recover. It is for this reason that the centrality and the posture of our civilian intelligence service must be enhanced to consolidate the vital rapport between the people and the state in defense of our hard-earned democratic gains. The marauding gangs in areas like Cape Flats, parts of KwaZulu-Natal, Kabeha, who terrorize communities and carry out assassinations of individuals, the uncontrolled influx of illegal immigrants, which often leads to violent clashes with local because of competition for resources, the wanton destruction of critical economic infrastructure, and the general lawlessness across the length and breadth of our country all constitute the ticking time bomb that we must never allow to discharge. We are all aware of some of the underlying causes of this scourge, some of which were crisply elaborated in the July report of Professor Sandy Africa. These include the weakness of state institutions, high unemployment, especially for the youth, inherited levels of poverty and deep inequality, rampant corruption at various levels of government, amongst others. Madam Speaker or Chair, it is clear that such a situation is untenable for the sustainable of our country and democracy. The state and government as a whole must make every effort to implement economic reconstruction and recovery program together with other government intervention to turn our economy around and uplift the lives of our people. We do not attend to these immediate challenges. We run the risk of being exposed once again to the unfortunate incidents of July, and no one wants to experience such upheaval ever again in our country. We therefore Jefferson, need a solid state-led program with our, with our, so, with our social partners and the citizens of our, country, citizens of our country as a whole to find solutions and rid our country of the monster of poverty and inequality. The budget policy statement sets out our national security priorities and the strategies to ensure the stability of our country. In this financial year, we continue to focus on plans to strengthen our capacity to deliver on our mandate, to reskill, re-energize our workforce, to deliver a better service to our people. And most importantly, to reposition the agency to be a trusted custodian of our national security. We have an enduring obligation to work together to build a strong and resilient state security agency, which should play the role of a guiding light, a guarantor of our safety, security, and prosperity in the country. Honorable Chair, I do not need to repeat the observations of the Mufamadi high-level review panel to the effect that we are emerging from a prolonged abuse of intelligence capacity and intelligence architecture with a posture and structure of operations which is not responsive to the changed national and global security landscape. 
and many other deformities in the system. We must admit without reservation that the progress towards implementation of high-level review panel recommendation has been slow and must be expedited without delay. However, a lot of ground has been covered and many other interventions are underway to address the issues raised in the report. As directed by the review panel, we're already at an advanced stage in the review for our annual planning process in relation, in relation to the budgeting process that ensures clear accountability and manageability of budgeting, expenditure and performance against planning priorities and targets. Later in this financial year, we will release a bigger turnaround plan for organization which will address a wide range of issues identified in the report and other matters that the organization has prioritized by itself. With regard to the disestablishment of the state security agency, I'm glad to announce that the General Intelligence Law Amendment Bill has been finalized and the roadmap for its submission to Parliament was presented to the Joint Standing Committee on Intelligence. It is anticipated that this bill will be submitted to Parliament on September 2022. The bill will enable establishment of a democratic arm of the service to focus on counterintelligence and domestic intelligence mandate. The establishment of the foreign service to focus on foreign intelligence gathering and the re-establishment of the South African National Assembly Academy of Intelligence as such a government component will be focusing on intelligence training as critical element of skills development and capacity building. Members will also recall that report called for the finalization of national security policy and the national security strategy. I'm glad on the members to announce that both documents were tabled at the SANS and recommended for internal consultation through clusters. National security policy has already been presented at the foresight and will be tabled back to SANS for the recommendation to the National Security Council in July. It will then be recommended to Parliament for the commencement of public consultation. Honorable Chair, one of the biggest issues that have stifled the performance of the agency has been the matter of corruption and an enduring culture of misconduct. The Mufamati report has made specific recommendations regarding interventions to deal with endemic incidents of fraud, corruption, and misconduct. A number of interventions have been instituted, honorable members, especially with regard to investigation of corruption since the publications of the Mufamati report. Though a great deal of work has been undertaken, there has been no tangible results in terms of holding people to account As the work to uncover acts of corruption and misconduct has intensified and a number of individuals have been arrested with others already being convicted by the commercial crimes courts. In the previous financial year, we finalized 11 dismal cases and nine disciplinary investigation hearings are in progress and we hope to finalize them before the end of the quarter. A lot still needs to be done, including following up on the issues that emanated from the evidence at the Zondo Commissions. Honorable Chair, our collaboration with the Investigative Directorate of National Prosecutions Authority has ensured that we cast the net wider in our efforts to hold people to account, 
The forensic investigators are currently investigating 26 cases with the agency. We are also encouraged by work that is being undertaken by our forensic investigation capacity, forensic investigation capacity, and are determined that and are determined that we will succeed in this regard. In this financial year, honourable members, we will put more resources towards the fight against corruption, including strengthening the partnership with paternal law enforcement authorities. Our march towards a clean, responsible, and corruption-free state security is unrelenting, and we are confident that we will regain our status as the custodian of national security in this regard. The President of the Republic, His Excellency Sri Ramaphosa, has on several occasions expressed the need for fit for purpose domestic and foreign intelligence services. The fit for purpose intelligence agencies will be mandated to inject intelligence to assist government in exercising control over risk, threats, and opportunities in the advancement of South Africa's national security objectives. The task for realizing fit for purpose intelligence capabilities starts with the training of 20 of newly recruited intelligence officers. For this, we seek to use the Intelligence Officer, officer Deployment De De Development Program, IOTP, to produce not only well-rounded intelligence officers, but fit-for-purpose intelligence officers armed with the requisite competencies, knowledge, skills, and attitude based on, on the 11 fields. The IOTP is developed as internship program and seeks to provide training to candidate intelligence officers, commonly known as cadets. Honorable members, we are excited to announce that there will be a group of 75 candidates, intelligence officers, that will undergo the program of next month. These young officers will be trained in my game for a period of 12 months. The program that they will undergo is divided into different training fields, including soft skills, development, national security, and intelligence management, building blocks of national security strategy, alignment of intelligence to government business, as well as state security input to government business. Through our intelligence academy, we will continue to provide education, training, and development interventions in order to improve efficiency in the conduct of both core business and non-core business function. This includes, Mr. Honorable Chair, engendering the country's constitutional values in the business of agency, assessing the principles of sound financial management and accountability, inculcating and promoting adherence to operational and corporate-related governance mechanisms and ethical conduct. In order to achieve the above, we will ensure that the continuous conduct of Honorable Minister, we have lost your connection. Can you just repeat and start from the last sentence that you were busy with, please? In order, can you hear me now? I can hear you, Honorable Minister. Thank you. Yes, in order to achieve the above, we will ensure that the continuous conducting of development research aimed at reinforcing curriculum development efforts is in place.
Step will also be taken to ensure that curriculum development and its implementation are based on an accurate and reliable needs assessment. With regard to the current establishment, I am also glad to announce that we've stabilized the management component with regard to the permanent filling of posts. As we stand here, we have filled the one remaining TTG level post, which means all posts at that level are now permanently filled. We have also filled 21 general manager positions, and the remaining vacant posts at this level are all recruitment are, are at a recruitment phase and should be filled by the end of the second quarter. 33 manager positions have also been permanently filled, and the 13 remaining are at a very at a various stages of recruitment. We have also done a great deal of work with regard to placement of members who previously did not have positions due to organizational changes that happened in, that, in the past. The cherry on top is the appointment of the Director General who had to hit the ground running, both in terms of stabilizing the organization internally and restoring our relations with our counterparts around the globe. We are on the road to recovery and we are confident that we have the requisite will and energy to achieve our desired goal. Madam Speaker, the Honorable Chair, beg your pardon, there is a trend that countries redefine their view of national security, which involves an expanded conceptualization or reconceptualization of, of security. This paradigm shift is the result of our major changes in our society with regard to A, technology, B, perception of threats, C, interpretation of human rights, and D, ownership of telecommunications. This has led to shift towards more proactive and preventative measures against threats such as international terrorism, transnational organized crime, in other words, preemptive intelligence. For South Africa to align with global trends in the medium term, we will be focusing on building and strengthening capability and capacity for relevant signals to intelligence, as well as reinforcing the legislation. Electronic or telecommunications technology crimes have been on an upward increase. The advancement of electronic communication technologies introduces both new opportunities and challenges. The convergence of the 5G, big data, Internet of Things, and cloud computing technologies require significant research and adaptation to lawful interception solutions. The technological developments have made internet an increasingly important part of our lives. In an effort to strengthen cybersecurity, the national communications will continue to build and strengthen capability and capacity in order to proactively combat emerging cyber threats and potential cyber attacks. The increased incidence of cybercrime require a comprehensive approach on cybersecurity to protect the country's critical network infrastructure. The growing usage of the over-the-top services due to their end-to-end -end encryption remain a challenge to the infrastructure for lawful interception through the Office for Interception Centers. In recognition of this, the process of upgrading the lawful interception monitoring system with advanced state of technology that will enable the OIC to deliver value-add services is underway. The system will further strengthen the crime-fighting capacity of the law enforcement agents and the prosecuting arm of the state to successfully prosecute cases. The National Treasury and the Crime and the Criminal Asset Recovery Account 
have made funds available for SSA to develop and implement targeted cybersecurity awareness and training programs within the law enforcement agencies and prosecutorial authority. In so doing, Honorable Chair, SSA will be accelerating implementation of the National Cybersecurity Policy Framework, which incorporates the development of the cybersecurity legislative framework and the establishment of an integrated cyber capability and capacity. The cybersecurity bill is being finalized and will be submitted for parliamentary processes in this financial year. The current technological environment renders it necessary for the Office of the Interception Centers to keep abreast of the latest development within the te telecommunications space. In recognition of this, Honorable Chair, the OIC has established a research and development committee geared towards engaging various stakeholders and advising the OIC on the establishment of an R&D capability and implementation of relevant fourth industrial revolution programs and beyond to ensure a sustainable OIC lawful interception capability. There is also significant progress in the process of establishment of the cybersecurity center within the state security agency. On the RICA judgment, all what the undertaking we are making on our chair is that we intend to implement key, uh, key, key provisions which are actually responsive to the constitutional judgment and, and the deficiencies of the RICA provision as they pertain at the moment. Honorable members will recall that South Africa deployed its troops in Mozambique as part of the SADAC mission in Mozambique, which is commonly referred to as SAMIM, on the 15th July 2021. This was a mission to support the Republic of Mozambique to combat terrorism, acts of violence, and extremism carried out by insurgents of Al-Sunnah, of Al Jama since October 2017. Since its deployment, the Samim has registered a number of milestones, including recapturing villages, dislodging terrorists, which has contributed to creating a relatively secure environment for safer passage of humanitarian support. Going forward, the South African government will continue to support efforts to deal with these terrorist acts in the region because our own stability is inextricably linked with the stability of the region. The other important matter of national security, honorable chair, honorable members, that we need to clarify, we need to clarify, involves the, repat the repatriation of South African citizens from conflicts. ISIS operatives to enter our borders. That allegations, Honorable Chair, is without substance. The reality is that we are obliged by both domestic and international law to take care of our citizens wherever they may be around the globe. Section 21.3 of the Constitution provides that citizens have the right to enter and remain in and reside anywhere in the Republic. However, Military Assistance Act are appropriately sanctioned. The same can be expected with our citizens that are trapped in the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. The war in Ukraine is a global crisis that should be stopped from any further
add what voice and effort we can as country towards this historic task. It has become cleaner, clearer that institutions Global peace, equitable development, and conflict prevention and management require all the elements that underpin justice, independence, predictability, equality of all nations before the principles and fair censure. Too often, many lives, too often, many lives have been lost in wars. That hardly censured as strong as evenly as evenly as the and hybrid wars because of conflicting interests amongst or between the strong that the existing institutions and system for global governance cannot effectively mediate adjudicate and resolve in an independent just predictable and fair manner the challenges that humanity and countries are already facing that are only going to become more acute from climate change, a growing global population but the network Jefferson is uh, perpetually in appearance. Yes, no, um, thank you, Honorable Member. Honorable Minister. In conclusion, Honorable Minister and fellow South African, we take Honorable Minister. Honorable Minister, the network is not very stable. I will allow you to just start with the, uh, the issue that you raised on climate change so that the honorable members on the platform can hear what you are saying about it. So you, if you can kindly just repeat that, and then we move to your conclusion, please. Thank you very much. Uh, too often, many countries and tourists have been victims of, sorry, the challenges that humanity and countries are already facing that are only going to become more acute in urbanization, inequality, and global pandemics call for movement towards a In conclusion, Chairperson and fellow South Africans, with this budget vote, we want to assure South Africans that when it comes to national security, no South African will be left behind. Thank you for the opportunity, Honorable Chair. Thank you, Honorable Minister. Um, it's unfortunate, Honorable Members, that there were parts of the Minister's speech that was not audible due to connectivity issues. Uh, we will proceed to the next speaker, who is the Honorable Marke. The Honourable Marke. Thank you very much, uh, Chair of Chairs. <clears throat> the, the Minister, Deputy Minister, and my colleagues. Honourable Chair, every year around this time, we do budget votes. We all know how important this is for the functioning of the government departments. But in our debates, we seem to be repeating whatever we said the previous years, which means that even if there is some improvements in the service delivery by the departments, the progress is very slow. The Joint Standing Committee on Intelligence is established in terms of Section 2 of the Intelligence Services Oversight Act of 1994, Act Number 14. Honorable Marke, let me just take this point of order. Yes, Honorable Glossy. 
No, no, Chairperson. Again, we, we, we can't hear Honorable Mark. I, I'm wondering if it is my network or he's also suffering from the same network incapabilities like the previous speaker. The first uh, part of the speech, we didn't hear anything. Yes, Honorable Mark, eh? may I request you to start your speech again, please? We'll reset the clock. Just start okay. from the beginning again. It's important that members know what other members are debating in this the uh, budget will debate. We'll just start again, please. Honorable Chair of Chairs, every year around this time, we do budget votes. We all know how important this is for the functioning of the government departments. But in our debates, we seem to be repeating whatever we said the previous years, which means that even if there's some improvements in the service delivery by the departments, the progress is very slow. The Joint Standing Committee on Intelligence is established in terms of Section 2 of the Intelligence Services Oversight Act of 1994. The purpose of the committee is to perform an oversight function over the intelligence and counterintelligence functions of the services, which includes state security agency, the intelligence division of the South African National Defense Force, that is defense intelligence, and the defense division of the South African uh, uh, police service, which is known as crime intelligence. Even though not categorically mentioned in the Act, the committee also perform oversight on the Financial Intelligence Center. Section 3 of the Oversight Act provides that the committee, amongst others, in exercising the oversight responsibility, obtain audit and other reports from the Auditor General and consider the financial statements of the services. Consider, review, and make recommendations about cooperation, nationalization, and demarcation of intelligence functions performed by the services. Refer any matter in relation to an intelligence activity which the committee regards as relevant to the promotion and respect of the Bill of Rights to the South African Human Rights Commission. The establishment of the JSCI as opposed to what existed during the apartheid era was to prevent the abuse of the intelligence services by the powers that be. It ensured civilian oversight of the services in a non-partisan manner. This budget vote debate takes place after what has been widely termed the July unrest. During this unfortunate period, two provinces of our country were engulfed with wide looting and unrest, that is KZN and Houthi. During this time, two of our intelligence services, State Security Agency and the South African Police Crime Intelligence, mandated to deal with our domestic issues were riddled with instability at senior management level. In SSA, there was no permanent DG, and most of the senior managers were active. We are happy to announce that the situation has changed with the appointment of Ambassador Tembi Majola as the DG. As the JSCI, we have complete confidence in our ability to lead the SSA into greater heights. 
In sub-CI, the vacancy that resulted from the removal of Lieutenant General Peter Jacobs remain, remains. Uh, Sub-CI still lacks a permanent divisional commission. The JSCI is still seriously concerned with the situation, especially on senior management. We welcome announcement by the Minister, uh, Honorable that the new National Police Commissioner has been tasked with stabilizing sub-CI. We are looking forward to having a division that is responsive to the needs of our people by ensuring that all feel and are safe. The stability of this division will go a long way to curb illicit mining, police corruption, human trafficking, and drug trafficking. In relation to challenges within SSA, we received assurances from the agency to fill all senior positions to ensure stability, amend the General Intelligence Laws Amendment Bill to separate the agency into foreign and domestic branch, implement the recommendations made in the high-level panel uh, report directives, we are, however, not happy with the lack of adherence to national treasury regulations in the preparation of the APPs by the agents to ensure that their targets are specific, measurable, achievable, reliable, and time-bound. The SSA assured the committee that they will ensure that their targets are smart in the future. Defense intelligence continue to do a good work. This division ought to be commended for its continued loyalty and service to the country. The Joint Standing Committee on Intelligence is, however, concerned with continuous cutting of the budget of this division. The Intelligence Division of the Defense Force must gather, correlate, evaluate, and use strategic intelligence for purposes of ensuring national security. The cutting of its budget make their work very difficult. Under the Financial Intelligence Center Act 38 of 2001, the FIC was established as an institution outside the public service, but within the public administration as envisaged in Section 195 of the Constitution. The JSCI also performed oversight over uh, the FIC. The principal objective of the center is to assist in the identification of the proceeds of unlawful activities and the combating of money laundering activities and the financing of terrorism, terrorist-related activities. The center must also make information available to investigating authorities. The intelligence services of SARS to facilitate the admin and enforcement of the laws of the Republic. In conclusion, uh, the uh, Chair of Chairs, the NC supports the budget vote eight. The committee, however, is still seriously worried about the slow pace of the implementation of the high-level review panel's recommendations. The JSCI, comprising of members of the National Assembly and the NCOP, faces constant challenges of meeting dates and times. There's always clashes of meetings between portfolio committees, 
and select committees in the NCOP. This results in JSCI meetings not able to correct. Because of this, the JSCI is usually unable to take decisions and very often it causes rollover of agenda items from meeting to meeting. As suggested by the high-level review panel and the legacy report of the previous committee, the committee needs dedicated members to this committee. Again, given the demands of intelligence oversight, the idea of a dedicated capacity for the JSCI needs to be explored further. This accommodation need to be, these recommendations need to be implemented by parliament as they have been signed off by the president of the country. In conclusion, once more, chair of chairs, uh, the ANC support the budget. Thank you, Honourable Member. The next speaker is the Honourable Kola. Thank you, Chair. There is only one question, really. How much longer are South Africans prepared to wait? It took years to complete the high-level review panel report in which it finally saw confirmation of the open secret of the looting via the state security agency. And here we are, four years and a Zondo commission later and nothing. Where is our money? We need it. Our schools, clinics, hospitals, police stations, roads, bridges, it's all collapsing and not a cent of those billions has been recovered. As far as I've ascertained, the only criminal charges that have been laid in my particular arena, those are logged at the Cape Town Central Police Station on the 3rd of March this year. These were against one Arthur Fraser. It was under his watch as Deputy Director for Operations at the SSA that the principal agent network was established. Millions, if not billions of rands, were reportedly siphoned off or spent irregularly, and the DA has requested the SAPS to investigate possible criminal offences. If ever there was a treasonous act, this would be it. Given the political climate of the day and the zero tolerance stance South Africans are now apparently taking against corruption and political interference, I'm hoping that the SAPS will do its utmost in investigating these and so many other charges against Fraser. Bear in mind, two previous charges we laid simply disappeared without trace. The revelations day after day at the Zondo Commission confirmed every word that has ever been written about the state security agency. The suitcases of money walking out the door, the so-called robberies of millions as people use the SSA safe as an ATM, the politicians involving themselves in operational matters, gun on hip 007 wannabes. Despite the HLRP report, despite the Zondo Commission, those behind the multi-billion rand looting have lived fine, rich lives on huge, fat salaries for years and years. And some have retired and are living off huge, fat state pensions with those extra million of ours ensuring their retirements are exceedingly comfortable. After the smoke cleared, the ministers behind the catastrophic lack of intelligence before the multi-billion rand ANC factional coup attempt unrest in KZN and Gauteng last year were held to account like this. One, left for pastures new, two, has been promoted, number three, left untouched. 
The fact that this country was caught with its pants around its ankles has confirmed our global laughingstock status. The downhill slide, which began when the head of Interpol, our very own Jackie Celebi, was jailed, is now plummeting at warp speed. A 10-year-old on the internet would have realized something big was up, but our highly paid intelligence services seemingly didn't look, understand, or were too busy with their infighting to protect the citizens of our country. Hundreds of people died, and businesses and lives were ruined as a result. Having worked on the JSCI for nearly three years, I must say I have never in my 18 years in Parliament with some five portfolios behind me seen a committee that appears to be undermined by both officials and ministers. I've looked from every angle but have no other option but to conclude that it is deliberate. This committee is a shadow of what it could be and should be. I believe that the fact that meetings are held behind closed doors is the main factor. Would the SAPs be late or present an indifferent APP and budget to the police portfolio committee? Never. Yet the section of the SAPs that answers to the JSCI, crime intelligence, would. If the presentations of the state security agency were held before television cameras, I have no doubt they would arrive on time and present along specific determined treasury guidelines. There are officials perhaps flaunting that same hoary old chestnut that they earn more than MPs and have permanent jobs, unlike MPs, who either can't or won't do the work. More dangerously, one has to ask if there's a possibility they deliberately hide information from the JSCI. Certainly no reference is ever made to the Zondo Commission revelations. I've deliberately left in defense intelligence out here as they deliver quality product on time, despite their annual budget cuts. Now, if the past 28 years taught us anything at all, it is the government, no matter who is at the helm, cannot and should not be allowed to govern without meticulous oversight. Yet doing effective oversight on this committee is like fumbling drunk through a hall of mirrors. Around the world, equivalent agencies are accountable to the Congress and the Senate or various upper houses, yet here, not so much. In fact, hardly at all. South Africa simply cannot afford this veil of secrecy over specifically the SSA. It goes against the HLRP report edicts, but nothing has changed. Nothing is out there except what is leaked in the spy versus spy dirty linen exposés. Now, there are those who will argue, but if we had a coherent professional intelligence cluster, we would never have had two ministers and a deputy held hostage in Pretoria as they were in October last year. Intelligence should have known that the struggle war veterans were going to do something dramatic. And where were the so-called VIP protection personnel? That three ministers were put in a position of extreme danger tells us our intelligence services learned nothing from their failures during the riots. And the cherry on the top of a massive pile of irritation is that the NPA has now simply dropped all charges. This government's idea of speedy implementation is make an announcement, then wait four years, then establish a commission, then wait two years, and then hope everyone has lost interest. Promises are made, but just not kept. Recommendations are made, but just not implemented, or done so slowly that entire five-year parliamentary terms pass, and so does the expertise and institutional knowledge about the subject matter. That is how the game is played. That is how MPs are played. The HLRP report recommended that there be a shift to return the role and philosophy of our democratic intelligence capacity back to their constitutional origins. It had, of course, been criminally warped during the Zuma years to serve anything but this country. Yet we've seen a minister bring back people on suspension and promote them, some say on the instruction of the president, and, and now another minister has popped out the revolving door that sits at the entrance of this intelligence ministry and is trying to clean up that mess. Rinse, wash, repeat. 
As far as anyone knows, further billions are still streaming out of the SSA via the hands of those employed by that agency and given to people who have no right to it. Where is the investigation into the involvement of members of the national executive in intelligence operations? Who knows? Reports emerge, questions are asked, then ignored or shoved under the carpet. Now, here's a prime example of carpet stuffing. On the 1st of September, there was a leak. It was claimed that an ANC MP, Dr. Harvard, was possibly spying for China, sharing classified information about our country with the Chinese Communist Party. And this report allegedly came via leak from the Civil-like State Security Agency. So I wrote to the president, who was then the de facto Minister of State Security, asking that this report be released. After that, radio silence. Before the Jackie Celebi era, which opened the doors to a veritable tsunami of maladministration, corruption, and theft. Our intelligence services not only served the nation, but had a fine reputation globally. Now, this committee, DA and ANC members alike, works hard and works together in the hopes that we may claw that reputation back from the depths into which it has been plunged. Frankly, if I'd had my way, we would not have debated today and left these departments to whistle for their budgets. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honourable Member. The next speaker is the Honourable Ndlozi. Thank you, Chairperson. The state of our intelligence services, civilian intelligence in particular, is now to be assessed in light of the global balance of forces as imperialist interests collide in the Ukraine-Russia war, a proxy war between Russia and NATO. Most recently, the U.S. has explicitly stated that it would directly participate in defense of Taiwan should China invade it. Of course, a few decades ago, although totally in support of Taiwan, it was unimaginable for a U.S. sitting president to make such a statement, at least from a diplomatic point of view. Here in our country, we have to be cognizant of the implications of this outright warmongering by imperialist forces. Since World War II, there has been successful diversion of this confrontation between world powers into proxy wars like in Vietnam and Angola. Since the fall of the Soviet Union, the US and NATO have been the only two, have been the only military game in town. Examples abound from Afghanistan to Libya and Syria. Nevertheless, since the Ukraine, a wide European country, Western powers are looking for confrontation with Russia and or China. And for such a confrontation, they are looking not to take place in their own countries, but in a proxy country elsewhere. For us, we are the NATO's, we are NATO's uh, target for a propaganda war in support or justification of their war efforts. This seeks to change our thinking completely in favor of NATO, a Euro-American war alliance, to think of them as a global moral policeman engaged in a just war. These issues are, however, of almost minimal concern for our intelligence community. It is not possible to discern how our intelligence services are responding to this proliferation of propaganda efforts within our country by imperialist forces. Recall the time when Zimbabwe's land revolts occurred and President Mugabe conceded to a land reform program. The West mobilized many formations from NGOs up to and including trade unions as a precursor to a military invasion of Zimbabwe, which President Mbeki successfully resisted. We must ask what the objectives of such an effort in relation to the Ukraine are. And it may very well be that our public and collective consciousness is being prepared for an even bigger war, a confrontation of the real world powers.
If such a confrontation takes place, we may be asked to pick a side. And since biased media propaganda has been in favor of NATO, our people may in their numbers seek to join a war in favor of NATO. There have been so many invasions, wars and conflicts in Africa, Middle East and East Asia, yet the white dominated and led DA has never taken so keen an interest as we have seen in the Ukraine. This obviously racist bias must be named for what it is. For the DA, white lives matter more than those of blacks, Africans in particular. But relevant to our discussion, this visit by the leader of the DA to the Ukraine must have us ask intelligence, security, state security, and national security concerns. Is or are they positioning themselves as a threat to national security? The South African intelligence community will be caught with its pants down in this intelligence infiltration, even within the ranks of parliament, cabinet, and strategic bodies like the RGI. Even with the global pharmaceutical industrial complex, its general approach in prioritizing profits over global health, our intelligence services have seen have had no ability to process these threats. That is why we can receive outdated or soon to be outdated or soon to be expired vaccines. Above all, the very fact that there is monopoly over Western vaccines is itself a key intelligence concern which does not even arise within the services. This is because as a start, the SSA is still to uh, is, is still to regain its stability and rid itself of corrupt elements, rogue agents, and over-politicization. Across all services, there is yet to be any arrest and successful prosecution of those who looted secret accounts, resources for this, of the service. Since the publication of the High Panel Report, not a single arrest has been made. This lack of accountability and corruption busting is the, in the high echelons of the state remains the weakness of the Ramaphosa government. Of the President Ramaphosa government. People who demonstrate utter incompetence are simply, shift, are simply shifted around. There is ample evidence of not only incompetence, but lies, complicity, and possible involvement of the SSA and SNCI in the July unrest. Still, nothing has happened to any of these elements. The SSA APPs came less than a year after the July unrest, but no pragmatic intelligible plan is in place to clean the agency by surrendering rogue elements to prosecution. How will we know that the SSA is stabilizing is when key spies at the highest echelons of the agency have been prosecuted for the and capabilities for political ends. Merely moving SSA into presidency has yielded no fruits yet, except possible involvement of it in the run-up to December ANC conference where the current head of state needs to defend his head. Above all and across all intelligence agencies, there is zero competence in the cybersecurity capabilities. As a country, we are rated in the top 10 countries in the world who are susceptible to, to cyber attacks. In the age of convergence, our country cannot afford to be undercapacitated in terms of its cyber security oversight. At the center of politicization and general organized crime is also a well-organized network of assassination gangs, people who are trained and employed to be assassins. They kill from the ordinary tender conflict in townships up to including drug contestations. Many politicians also employ assassins, assassination services of these criminal networks. There is very little hope that assassinations will ever be dealt with precisely because politicians in settling their contestations over state resources or internal political party battles use and sustain assassins.
How then are we to align ourselves to giving any of the taxpayers money to this entity when all the does ex- So incompetent is the SSA that its APP is not aligned to national treasury regulations and the budget does not have an articulation with sub-operational plans with largely unintelligible targets. The EFF outrightly rejects this budget. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Tebekulu. Thank you, uh, Chair of Chairs. South Africa, um, the region, continent and the world face unprecedented and widespread political and social economic instability. Violent extremism is spreading and is in fact already establishing itself upon our borders and within our country. Such has been further enabled due to growing poverty and inequality, challenges associated with transitioning towards a democratic governance and the failure of our defense and security sectors to modernize and stay abreast of technical innovation and advancement. The enemies of our fragile democracy remain within, within and outside of our borders and be under no illusion. They are devious and treasonous objectives are supported by the very best technology, and human resource capital that money can buy. Chairperson, state security with, state security with its uh, n- necessary uh, culture of secrecy has a long and painful history of, in South Africa. The same question or co- conundrum always uh, arise. Who will guard the, the guidance? Who will ensure that our largely uh, unaccountable state security apparatus is not uh, politicized and weaponized against the very institution it is uh, established to to protect. Another serious challenge faced by our state security apparatus is that of uh, information gathering and ensuring that uh, the information obtained is correct in respect of the current security threats and emerging security trends in Africa. Our focus must be our focus, I'm sorry, our focus must, must not uh, only be on identifying and uh, analyzing the, the, the correct data, but additionally, in communicating, uh, in communicating this information to the relevant uh, structures uh, with uh, the JCPS cluster, thereby ensuring uh, that uh, such critical information is uh, timelessly acted upon by government. Chairperson, the role of parliament in democratic uh, and um, civilian security sector governance has, been, has never been uh, more critical and, and we advance the security of our citizens. Are we as parliamentarians utilizing the, the numerous, the tools of oversight against, uh, oversight available to us and legislators to hold the state security apparatus to account. Are we scrutinizing the budget effectively? Is there even a sufficient information available to us to reach into what some might then uh, might term the Pandora's box uh, of sec- secrets and secret uh, expenditure? Transparency and 
accountability of state security of, this, uh, of the citizenry without uh, compromising the nature of the mandate of state security must be conducted to ensure that a shadow government with shadow policy is not uh, resourced and capitalized. All security branch operators and services are sub subject to the constitution, the rule of law, and should be conducted in the best interest of uh, the, safe, the safe and security of the people of South Africa. Of the de democracy of South Africa. Chairperson, state security has been utilized in the past horrific criminal activities upon our own people for the purposes of controlling or by the new, by the few. Uh, the game did not uh, change with uh, the end of the uh, apartheid. Only the players changed. Uh, Chairperson, Honourable Member, Honourable Member, Honourable Member, we can't hear you. Please switch off your video so that we can have a possible better audio. Then how was displayed so, uh, loose. South Africa needs. Thank, thank, thank. Thank you for that. To finish, uh, Chairperson. Uh, in conclusion, uh, the IFP supports the, the, the budget vote uh, subject to the above serious concerns. We support, uh, we support establishment of and function of the state security apparatus whose uh, objective, objective interest of the people of South Africa. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. Thank you. For the members who are going to follow us, it seems that right from the beginning Chair. we're experiencing difficulties Chairperson. with the feed coming through. So please, you don't have to switch on your video if you experience connectivity problems. It's more important for us to hear what you have to say. Honorable Chairperson? The yes, maybe we it's whipsing here. Yeah. Uh, uh, we will make the, the uh, comment of the but, uh, I was, I was a place point that you made. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Honorable Singh. Uh, the next speaker is the Honorable PJ Grunewald. Honorable Grunewald, you are not audible. Can you unmute yourself? I did unmute. Am I audible now? You are now audible. Please continue. All right. Thank you. Honorable Chair, the members of uh, the Joint Standing Committee on Intelligence have to have a clearance certificate to be a member. They are vetted. They are then classified uh, with a secret classification because of the State Security Agency and the work they do. But now, Honourable Chair, if we look at the Deputy Minister, the Honourable Zizi Kotwa, it came quite clear from the Zondo Commission that he owes a certain person 1.7 million rand, and that by the words of the Honourable Deputy Minister himself said 
that he is not in a position to repay that amount in the short f- future. Now, Chairperson, I can't understand how is it possible that the Deputy Minister for the State Security Agency can have a secret clearance because he is compromised. He is, in fact, a security risk for the State Security Agency. But still, he is the Deputy Minister for State Security. I therefore appeal, and I know it is in the hands of the Honourable President, to ensure that the Deputy Minister immediately steps aside. He is compromising the security of South Africa. Chairperson, there was quite a lot of controversy about the State Security Agency, but still we continue with creating these circumstances that is actually saying to the public, we're not going to do anything about it. If we go and look at the response of the high-level review panel, then they've mentioned a couple of matters. For instance, they referred to secrecy and said that there is too much secrecy that actually hampers accountability towards Parliament. It also said, for instance, that the agency was used for the faction infighting of the ANC and that it actually became a cash cash cow for certain people and the misuse of the State Security Agency. Now, Akbar, Voorzitter, to the agentschap oorgeskyfed onder die presidentie, was dit gesien dat daar is een redelijke kans dat daar een verbetering gaan wees. Die vraag wat echter nou ontstaan, met die adjunktminister, wat een risiko is in termen van die sekuriteit en die veiligheid van die agentskap self, die feit dat ons sien nie dat daar meer openheid is en verantwoordbaarheid is teenoor die parlement nie, Die hele werkzaamhede is nog steeds gehul in geheimhouding, streng geheimhouding, soos wat die paneel bevind het, een oormatige geheimhouding wat onnodig is. Die vraag ontstaan nou, die feit dat daar nie opgetree word nie, die feit dat daar nie behoorlijke hervormings gedoen word nie, is die staatsveiligheid agentskap nou in die hande van een ander faksie binnen die ANC? Hoekom word hulle beskerm? Is dit nou weer een geval, dat ons sien ook nou, dat sekere mense word beskerm, sekere mense word in posities gehou? Honorable Chair, if the Honorable President wants to create confidence in the State Security Agency, that they will be objective, then he must act, and he must act swiftly. Or else you cannot blame the people if they say, say, yes, it's now a different story. These are now the president's men that will see to him. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. The next speaker is the Honorable Dikhale. Uh, thank you very much, House Chairperson. Uh, to the Honourable Ministers and Deputy Ministers, greetings, Members of Parliament, compatriots, ladies and gentlemen. The strengthening of the security apparatus of the country is necessary for the maintenance of peace 
and stability in our country. The South African National Defense and its division, such as the Defense Intelligence, plays a critical role in defending the sovereignty of our country, as well as providing support through peacekeeping missions across the continent. The creation of a better Africa and a better world requires that we have a defense force with the requisite capacity and skills. The Defense Intelligence is a division of South Africa Defense Force mandated by the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa, as well as several acts of parliament to provide defense intelligence, counterintelligence, and international cooperation services in support of activities in pursuit of national security objectives. The defense intelligence continues to do good, good work to serve the citizenry. The defense intelligence under the leadership of General Kakato ought to be applauded for its exemplary commitment to accountability and oversight. This division ought to be applauded for its continued loyalty and service to the country. The men and women of defense intelligence do extraordinary work with very little resources. The defense intelligence has a historic challenge with capacity and has previously cross-utilized resources to achieve projected targets. Despite this, the defense intelligence has achieved all its targets for 2020 and 2021. Efforts must be made to increase the DI's capacity. This can be done by recruiting young skilled officers who are fit for purpose through the military skills development program. House Chairperson, a key accomplishment in 2020 2021 financial was to introduce the Bachelor of Military Science in Defense Intelligence, which will be taught at the Military Academy. We congratulate the DI and welcome this initiative. This will positively contribute to the caliber of intelligence officers. Additionally, the DI managed to set in motion plans to deal with the vetting backlog, which has yielded some positive results. This is welcomed. The men and women of the DI have for years been subjected to working in a condemned building. This matter has finally come to an end through the intervention of the JCI and the Minister of Public Works and the DI will soon be properly uh, accommodated. Despite these challenges, the officers of the DI have served with vigor and commitment and ought to be applauded and thanked for their hard work despite difficult circumstances. The Defense Intelligence Chairperson tabled its APP and proposed budget on time and complied with all prescripts. The, the DI's plans for the coming financial year give a measure of assurance that the DI is committed to contributing to the apex priorities of building social cohesion and safe communities a capable, ethical, and developmental state and a better Africa and the world. To this end, based on historic performance and proposed budget allocation, the annual targets for 2022-2023 are achievable. The DI intends to focus on the following in 2022-2023 defense intelligence, counterintelligence, and international cooperation services in support of activities in pursuit of national security 
objective. That is to strengthen its cybersecurity capacity to increase its intelligence and vetting products. Chairperson, the ANC supports the budget vote of the National Treasury. Thank you very much, House Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member. I now invite the Honorable Soma to preside over the remainder of this mini plenary, as I also request the Honorable Deputy Minister of State Security to deliver his speech. The Honorable Deputy Minister. Thank you very much, Chair of Chairs, Honorable Members, Chairperson of the JSCI, and members of the Honorable Monty Kungubele, the NICO Coordinator Ambassador Msimang, the Director General of the HMC Ambassador Tembi Msimang Sistembi, the Veterans of the Intelligence, Distinguished Guests, fellow South Africans. Let me also take this opportunity to thank the House for affording us, for affording us an opportunity and a space to present our budget policy statement for the financial year 2022-2023. The Minister has given a broad overview of the state of national security in the country and what our posture should be as a state security agency. However, before I expand on these broad overview issues, I want to begin this address by condemning in the strongest terms, Jefferson, the pandemic of, of gender-based violence, which has become another threat to national security. The extent of abuse, gruesome murders of women and children in this country cannot be tolerated and requires all of us in government, civil society, and citizens in general to work together to uproot this catch. The unspeakable act of violence and abuse against Nam Flamutwa from Mutata, a case in point, is something that our society should never allow. The other important issue that our democratic society must deal with decisively is the phenomenon of racial polarization, which continues to rear its ugly head across all sectors of our society. We chose to adopt a constitutional democracy, Jefferson, because we wanted to build a cohesive and prosperous nation free of discrimination and prejudice. We cannot abandon that noble objective for simple reason that our constitution enjoys us to, among others, kill the divisions of the past and establish a society based on democratic values, social justice, and fundamental human rights. Racial intolerance and prejudice must be fought and eradicated because it is a cancer that stifles instead of building a prosperous nation. Let me just amplify some of the few issues that should inform the agenda of the agency as opposed by the minister's statement. It is true that the high-level review panel report on the state security agents has decried the issue of excessive secrecy and that we should adopt a mind shift that is more accessible, open, responsive to the needs of the public. Inspired by our founding values of accountability, responsiveness, openness, our constitution guarantees the rights of everyone to access information and essentially the right to know. This places a fundamental responsibility on the agency to be more transparent, accountable, and responsive to the public whilst safeguarding a basic talent of secrecy as an intelligent outfit. As such, we will be engaging in a large-scale program of public engagement and outreach with a variety of stakeholders, both within and outside of security establishment, to share ideas about the state of our national security. As a, as a minister mentioned earlier, Chairperson, 
the process to finalize the national security policy as well as the national security strategy is at an advanced stage and shortly both of these strategic documents will require an input from members of the public we will kickstart the public consultation process without delay and that should be a springboard for our quest to create a people-centric environment towards giving intelligence a human face we'll return to this house through the joint standing committee on intelligence jsci to present our comprehensive program of public awareness and stakeholder engagement. The other important matter that the minister highlighted was the concern raised by the expert panel report, which probed the circumstances that led to the July unrest that erupted in Kwazulu Natal and some parts of Gauteng. This relates to the centrality of the role that NICOC plays in the early warnings for our intelligence environment. The report was noted, which is now Professor Sager's report with a great deal of concern that despite NICOC warning through the national intelligence estimates and the national intelligence priorities, the entirety of government seems not to be responsive to these alerts. In this regard, we would like to impress on you, honorable members, that the rest of government must heed the warnings and the calls from NICOC to attend to the issues as contained in the national intelligence estimates and the national intelligence priorities. This includes, among others, human security challenges and general service delivery matters that the people constantly cry for. If we are to avoid the recurrence of incidents of July and other potential upheavals into the future, we have no choice, Chairperson, but to focus seriously on what NICOC is directing us to do. Professor Sender report, which probed the, the, the July incident of last year, was right. Had we taken time to address the issues that were identified by NICO in its early warning, we would have probably have avoided most of these conflicts and upheavals as been seen in July and elsewhere. The growing levels of poverty, inequality, lack of service delivery, and social tensions, which have been identified in the report, were all underscored in the national intelligence estimate and national intelligence priorities. We are concerned Chairperson, about the state of our national security in the country. And yes, we need a renewed focus and a vigor to deal with pervasive atmosphere of chaos and wanting of fear and disregard of the law. We are redoubling our effort together with relevant law enforcement agencies to combat these mindless acts of violence, economic sabotage, and lawlessness. The destruction, of, the destruction and sabotage of critical infrastructure and national key points including cable theft and mindless targeting and touching of state institutions must come to an end. Perhaps, honorable members, we need to go back to the basics and create and recite our fundamental values in our constitution as espoused in our founding document, which is the constitution of the Republic. Section 198, subsection A provides that, I quote, national security must reflect the resolve of South Africans as individuals, as a nation, as to live as equals, to live in peace and harmony, to be free from fear and want, and to seek a better life. Section 9 on subsection 2 of the Constitution provides that, I quote, equality includes the full and equal enjoyment of all rights and freedoms to promote the achievement of equality legislative and other measures designed to protect or advance persons or categories of persons disadvantaged by unfair discrimination may be taken close quotes. This what must guide national policy 
which seeks to achieve a national security framework that is consistent with the constitution with a specific focus on human security as a priority of national security agenda, as required by the constitution chairperson. A policy proposes measures that, that would enable the achievement of national security framework, which gives effect to the constitutional imperative that we have mentioned, which include, among others, one, measures that seek to promote South Africans as individuals and as a nation to live as equals and to live in peace and harmony. Measures that seek to promote and enable South Africans as individuals, as a nation, to be free from fear and want. Measures that seek to promote South Africans as individuals, as a nation that seek, but also to seek better life. In this regard, Honorable Chairperson, we need to use our national security policy to craft interventions, focusing among others on the role of national security structures in countering corruption within government and organs of state, measures to clarify the role of national security agencies in the delivery of basic services to all South Africans within a specific focus on social services directed at the poorest of the poor, measures to, come to counter organized crime and press to national security, measures to promote the national security of critical infrastructure systems of state, and uh, which are a backbone of the provisions of critical and essential social services. Measures, measures in the role of national security structures in youth development and employment of opportunities, and employment opportunities, national service, and programs intended to promote empowerment, inclusion, and participation in particular in relation to city and rural economies. Measures that seek to promote our foreign policy initiatives as an instrument to advance our national security uh, agenda. Measures to promote cooperation by all national security structures in pursuit of the envisaged national security agenda. Measures directed at preventing gender-based violence as a national security focus. Measures aimed at promoting public and private partnership in pursuit of national security agenda envisaged in the constitution. Measures aimed at promoting environmental national resources, including oceans and energy security. And lastly, Chair, measures aimed at countering organized crime and trust to national security. We have, we have to do all of these things, Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members, to achieve our constitutional obligation, which is to safeguard and sa the safety of our citizens and the territorial integrity of the Republic. I must conclude, Chairperson, by reflecting on another important issue and focus area of our state security, which is counterterrorism. Continents, an increased terrorism footprint on the African continent, an increased terror threat in the Sadek region, as well as a notable change challenges. National, national terror threat level requires rethinking in our countries in our country's uh, terrorism measures and uh, architecture. The reports about the alleged criminal underworld and the financing of terror groups in the country emanates from this reality. To restore territorial integrity of our country, acts of organized crime. We are equally concerned about the current activities of Honorable Deputy Minister, I'm afraid your time is up. Thank you very much. We had a very terrible uh, network. Thank you so much. Honorable members, we shall proceed. I recognize Honorable Hart Debe of the ANC.
Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Honorable House Chairperson, um, Honorable Minister and Deputy Honorable House Chair and Honorable Chairperson of the Committee, Honorable Members and Colleagues. We are gathered here today, a day before we commemorate Africa Day. A reminder of how far our continent has come and how through intelligence services, many of our nation have seen the dawn of democracy and continue to enjoy safety and security provided by such institutions. Um, the Honorable Deputy Minister, you have just quoted a very relevant clause in our constitution that says, national security must reflect the resolve of South Africans as individuals and as a nation to live as equals, to live in peace and in harmony, to be free from fear and want and seek a better life. Now, Honorable Minister, this quote finds expression in the National Development Plan, which seeks to confront the triple challenges of poverty, unemployment and inequalities through stimulating economic growth. In this regard, the state security agency plays a very critical role in assisting government to achieve its strategic objective. Honorable House Chair, if positioned and resourced correctly, the state security agency will be the country's chief risk advisor, equipped with to guide and forewarn on matters of national security. It is critical to remember, colleagues, that this budget vote occurs at the time when our country is experiencing numerous challenges, both domestically and internationally. The slow economic growth, which contributes to the high unemployment, poverty and inequality, crime and a fight for limited resources and societal intolerances such as racism, as we have recently witnessed in Stellenbosch, the University of White Supremacy, which impedes on social cohesion, national identity and pride, are just but few of these examples. Despite this Honorable House Chair, the ANC-led government has taken a demonstrated step in strengthening the civilian society service with the relocation of the state security agency into presidency. This is a very welcome move. This centralization will assist in strengthening civilian intelligence environment and will provide critical strategic leadership when needed. Similarly, uh, Honorable House Chair, the appointment of Ambassador Tendisile Majona as a new DG is highly welcome. And not only because she's a female, but her track record speaks volume about her unquestionable credentials. Honorable House Chair, this budget vote takes place 10 months after the unfortunate 2021 intelligence failure in the July unrest. As such, central to the state security agency are the plans to ensure reforms and strengthen the agency to provide effective intelligence as to forewarn and critically guide our government on matters of national security. Although faced with many challenges, the state security agency has committed uh, in terms of amendment of general intelligence law amendment bill, the implementation of the recommendation made in the high level review panel report on the state security uh, agents and to deal with maladministration decisive. Now, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Kola Banad Magayege Manubibaka, 
she says it took years to complete a high-level panel report. Yet that's not true. The panel was established by President Cyril Ramaphosa in June 2018, and it was made public on the 9th of March 2019. So it can't be yes. Please, man, get your facts correctly. And amongst the recommendation made in the high-level review panel report was that the agency has to urgently institute forensic and other investigation by competent authorities into the breach of financial and misconduct and other controls identified in the agency, especially in relation to the principal agents network project and special operation, leading to disciplinary actions and criminal prosecution. And again, I've also listened to Honorable Rosinaye, he's saying to us, um, across all services, there has been no single arrest made. However, Honorable House Chair, in this regard, the state security agent has appointed an independent forensic firm called LIGUA to investigate all suspected cases of malfeasance, corruption, and criminality in the agents. As a result, we have witnessed the conviction of a number of employees, including a former SSA clerk, Ms. Khaukhele Bupad, who stole 170,000 and was sentenced to six years imprisonment. We are also committed to mass recruitment through the cadet project, which will augment the capacity of the agency. The agency is going to implement vetting strategy. Now, this will enable the agency to root out elements of corruption within its ranks. Honorable House Chair, in order to achieve the plan objectives, we call upon the senior management in the state security agency to work together with the newly appointed minister and the DG. There ought to be a synergy and a decisive adherence to prescript and framework with regards to APPs. Now, I want to call a spade a spade, and a spade is not a digging spoon. And this is what Firstly, we note with a serious concern that from time to time, the agency consistently submit uh, uh, their APPs very late. This weaken the oversight processes and make the committee lives difficult to work. And again, this year, it has continued to demonstrate such by submitting uh, their APP late. We want the state security agents, senior officials, to ensure that this comes to an end. And when it comes to the APPs, we welcome the improvement because in the previous financial year, they submitted targets that are not smart. And um, my colleague has alluded to the fact that uh, this year there has been some improvement, even though not all of their uh, targets are smart. This must come to an end. Now, Chair, when we talk about smart targets, we talk about targets that are specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. We call upon the newly appointed leadership, the minister and the DG, not to hesitate to institute consequence management against all these senior officials who are not pro properly executing their duties. And if they continuously submit uh, the APPs before this committee very late, we call upon the minister to act harshly and decisively. Honorable House Chair, the preamble in the National Development Plan espouses that South Africa belongs to all its people and the future of our country is our communal future. Thus, it remains a collective responsibility to ensure that safety and security of our country becomes our most relevant priority. It cannot be that safety and security will be 
only left to the hands of the state security agency. All South Africans have a role to play in ensuring that our country is safe. In conclusion, the state security agents remains committed to contributing to the apex priority, which is to build a capable, ethical and developing state, economic transformation and job creation. Honorable Hadebe, uh, I'm afraid your time has expired. The ANC support this budget vote. I thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. Now I recognize Honorable Staff of the DA. Honorable Staff. Geachte voorzitter, minister, collega's en leden van onderscheiden veiligheidsentiteiten. Die vraag is waar moet vandaag het begrotingsdebat begin? Die veronderstelling was dat die onderscheiden jaarlijkse prestatieverslag in begroting van die staatsveiligheidsagentschap Die verdedigingsintelligentie en die politieintelligentie tijdig opgeschedeleerde datums aan die stande commertief intelligentie voorgeleen moest word. Maar helaas is dit nie gedoen nie, aangezien SEPCI en SSA nie aan spertuie voldoen het nie. Dit is nie toevallig nie, maar as endemisch aan die onvermoe om na behore te functioneer en om die JSCI's oorsig functie in die wiele te rui. Ten opzichte van DEI is daar merkbare pogings om aan behoorlijke verslagdoening te voldoen en met sekere vereistes ten opzichte van die begroting aan die tesoriese voorskrif aandacht kry. Wat sepsie aan betref is dit duidelijk dat die situasie ongezond is. Die entiteit is twee keer dier die JSCI terugverwees nadat die minister te kennen gegeet dat hy geen document onder oog had het nie en dat hy nie enige document opgeteken het nie, alhoewel sy handtekening op die documenten verskryn. Ambtenaars goeie werk wordt ongedaan gemaakt door senior lede wat steeds in hulle eindmaagstrijd gewikkel is. Die SSA is ook nie beter daarom toe nie, en al begroting voldoen glad nie aan die vereistes van die wat die tesorie gestel het nie, wat meebring dat die jaarlikse prestatieverslag nie na wens is nie, die afgelopen paar jaar toen een merkbare verswakking. As ons die situasie ontleed, het die achteruitgang al reeds in 2009 begin, onder minister Siabonga Twele, dier sy goedkering aan die sogenaamde Principal Agent Network, soos ingestel en beheer dier adjunct directeer van Rauw van Operaties Aad Verfreiser. In sy termijn het Jeff Makatuka, Gibson Nyenye en Moshek bedank, omdat hulle onderzoek na die Guta Broers, wat al sê dat 1993 as om grampe bezigheid in Suid-Afrika begin het afgekeer is. Die vraag ontstaan, of staatskampenese ontstaan te dank het aan Kweilese Versuim om op te treen. Die achteruitgang is voortgesit dier minister David Maslobo, Ngani Bongo, de Pua Letsatsi Duba en Anjana Dodo. Vijf ministers in 12 jaar, terwyl daar 7 deeg is, sê dat 2009 tot nou aangewees is. Geen intelligentiedienst kan functioneer met so omzet van ministers en deegies nie. Die toxische situasie in die SSA het ontstaan toe Arthur Fraser as adjunct directeer generaal met die medewerking van Twyla en Matlobo die sogenaamde PEN-project gebruik het om groot bedraaggeld te bekom vir verskye onwettige operaties. Onder meer operatie Maieboeie, waar 2 miljoen tot voordeel van Jacob Zuma was. Toevallig is Fraser in 2016 dier Zuma as die DG herangestel. Die misbruik van geheime fondse vir projekte is nooit gestaak nie. President Ramaphosa was genoodzaak om die hoofdvlak hersieningspaneel aan te stel na die sensitieve inlichting na die media gelek is. Die paneel onder leiding van Dr. Siddingo Fumari het na degelike onderzoek verslag opgestel 
maar in feitelijk alle ongeruimdhede in die SSA ontbloot is. Ongelukkig is die tijd te min om al die vergrijpen aan staatsgeld hier te noem. Maar in al getuies voor die zondecommissie wordt gemeld dat 105 miljoen voor aankoop van gebouwen voorgeskiet is, 244 miljoen voor het project waar Tulani Dloma bij betrokken is, als ook 19 miljoen in contant aan die voorhand van die Aziëse vergadering te nestrijk. Hoefemare het ook getuig dat David Maslobo kutansies geteken het voor ongeveer 80 miljoen wat hij in contant ontvang het. Hooggenoemde bedrag is nooit in enige begroting van die SSA op een baar gemaakt. Minister, soos reeds gesê, die zonneverslag verwijst naar vergrijpen door senior personeel verbonden aan de SSA. Tot op hierde was daar nog net onderzoeken en is niemand in hechtens nie. Maar al was wel geschorst met volle salaris. In contrast wordt de voormalige financiële klerk, wat skuldig gepleit, gepleit het dat sy 170.000 rand gesteel het, in hechtens geneem en tronkstraf opgeleid. Minister, hoe rechtvaardig is dit ken oor die belastingbetalers van Zuid-Afrika, dat swendelaars bestaan uit sommige ministers en hoorlei ambtenarij biljoene randen misbruik het 2019 en steeds in die SSA werkzaam is. Kan ieder land verseker dat hierdie persoene ook tron toe sal gaan? Ek dankie. Thank you, honorable member. Now I recognize honorable Madje of the ANC. Thank you very much, Chair of Chairs. I'm reading uh, the speech uh, for the Deputy Chief Whip, who is not well. Uh, Honorable Chair, the South African Police Service Crime Intelligence, that is SUB-CI's annual performance plan, flows from the National Policing Strategy, which aims to promote a holistic, multidisciplinary approach to create a safe and secure environment that is conducive to social and economic stability, supporting a better life for all. This APP is drafted in the backdrop of the 2021 July unrest, which saw the failure of the intelligence services. South Africans have been asking a critical question, but where was intelligence when this was happening? The reality is that people have lost faith in the intelligence services, and this is a reality South Africa cannot afford. This is an urgent need. There is an urgent need to reform and strengthen capacity in our intelligence services, particularly sub-CI. Intelligence must be targeted timely and yield positive results. Crime intelligence must be a key contributor to prosecutions. South Africans can no longer be expected to accept statistics that 400 rape cases are related to domestic violence or 10,000 people are brutalized and sexually violated in just three months in South Africa. Or people continue to be victims of specialized crime like money laundering, cyber crimes, catching transit robbers, to list a few, this is a disgrace and deeply disturbing. It cannot be that South Africans accept that the majority of people raped are women and those most vulnerable in our society. It is time that crime intelligence is focused on saving the citizens. Although it remains our collective responsibility to champion safety and security, 
However, those charged with the responsibility to serve and protect must do so earnestly. It must be mentioned that the lack of a permanent head of sub-CI is concerning and must be dealt with as this destabilizes the effectiveness of the service. Similarly, key management positions must be filled. It gives a great deal of assurance to see sub-crime intelligence has diligently aligned its targets and outcomes to address the criminality prevalent in our society. It is clear that the sub-CI aims to decisively deal with and focus on crimes in relation to critical infrastructure and illicit mining, intensify efforts to reduce the prevalence of cash and transit tires, other aggravated crimes, combat cybercrime, commercial and financial crimes, economic threats, and threats to the state. Sub-CI must be commended for drafting an APP that seeks to respond to matters of national security, although improvements can be made. In order to achieve the planned objectives, senior management needs to work together with the minister and the National Police Commissioner. There ought to be a desire to work effectively. The Deputy Divisional Commissioner of Crime Detection must concur with the Minister on matters at all material times. The sub-CI failure to meet legislative deadlines is concerning. This delays weaken the oversight process and our role as members of the JSCI. The focus areas, the Minister of Police mentioned that there is a demonstrated plan to deal with the instability in the sub-CI. The appointment of a National Police Commissioner will help in providing strategic guidance to sub-CI. However, the appointment of a Divisional Commissioner is yet to be finalized. The National Police Commissioner has already made strides to stabilize the environment for instance, the planned decentralization of sub-CI has been halted. This decisive leadership ought to be applauded. There is a concern with the continued under-expenditure in sub-CI, whilst there are many crimes. This must be addressed and ensure that all funds are appropriately utilized. Crime intelligence in its uh, APP mentioned that executive authority is a risk to the effectiveness of its work. This shows that there is a bad working relationship between the ministry and sub-CI. This ought to be addressed to ensure the effective functioning of CI. Sub-CI is undercapacitated. There's an agent need to recruit capable officers who are fit for the purpose. This should be prioritized as it has a direct effect on crime. Sub-CI APP does not fully comply with government regulation as it does not include a detailed budget. This must be addressed. Targets need to be improved to include issues such as crime happening at the borders. Sub-CI has repeatedly underspent on its capex, yet more funds are being requested. Such financial mismanagement must be dealt with. Management must ensure the effective utilization of all funds. There is an urgent need to upgrade the cyber infrastructure. This is critical given the nature of crimes. 
There is a need for CI to foster a closer relationship with FIC, Financial uh, Intelligence Center, as money crimes have increased and become more sophisticated. Sub-CI overspends on certain line items and underspend on others. Proper budgeting and financial management are required in this regard. Finally, there is a need to look into cross-border crimes. This must be incorporated into the APPs as border provinces such as Mpumalanga and KwaZulu-Natal are facing serious challenges. Uh, Honorable Chair, the ANC support the budget. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. Now, Honorable Member, we shall proceed. I recognize the Honorable Minister in the Presidency. Honorable Minister. Uh, thank you, uh, Honorable. Acknowledge and accept the robust engagement by this uh, budget votes that we've tabled, and that we acknowledge all those. Our attitude is to be an open agency, especially against the background where we come from, of all the challenges that they found expression in the Prof. Mufumadi report and also Professor Sandy report and a number of other structures, including on against that background, our story is not a good story. We take an attitude that it will be useful to listen at all material times when these robust and frank discussions are meant to critique our work. And we believe that's the only way we can be able to improve. Just to say a few issues, Honorable Chair, I think we take uh, the point that, uh, especially from the Chair of the JSCI, the remarks made on the high panel review in terms of speed and the acknowledgement of the fact that all top managements uh, especially at home, have been failed. And the fact that we have to do a lot of work on this smart principle. We just want to make this point, Honorable Chair, that it's just a logical issue that we have to do. Baseline. If you don't understand our baseline, it means you don't see what we're trying to change. If you don't see what we're trying to change, it means our engagement will not make sense. Therefore, that speaks for the undisputability of the smart principles. We are urgent, we are committed in making an undertaking that urgently will attend to that. There's been a point of demystification. Uh, I've raised that in my speech, the DM has raised. We are quickly going to be actually seized with just to make sure that we only make secret in this agency that which is secret, and that which is overt, we take society along to exploit their strength in giving us a stronger uh, impetus as we move forward. And the issue of us being disrespectful, I thought we were trying our best on this one, and we'll continue. And I thought, remember, Bernard would say, at least, there's an attempt 
and I hope we're going to meet again. Dear Honorable Khadebe, the issue of the ethical state, that point is taken. And the fact that indeed Honorable Lose should know that arrests indeed have been made in some areas. Lastly, having acknowledged and accepted the, the input by the Honorable House, we do make this undertaking that we uh, commit to make a difference. I just wanted to say to Honorable Lewis, whilst we appreciate a lot of uh, useful points that came from his position. was tabled uh, to the JSCI. We don't know whether his view will remain. The point we would want to make is my last comment. Yes, the, we didn't hear the minister. No, uh, one second. I raise your hand, honorable member, then I'll recognize you, honorable Mkalipi. One minute, honorable minister. Honorable Mkalipi. Yes, Chair. Sorry, I'm using a gadget which gives me problems. I'm saying we didn't hear the minister when he was responding. Okay, thank you very much, Honorable. Honorable Minister, there's a gesture that you do and then you get frozen in between your, 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 your points. If you may just uh, try to be in one position, if possible. You may repeat because you still have got some few one minute left. Are you able to hear me now? Yeah, loud and clear. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I was saying my last point, having committed and undertaking to... Uh, take home the, all the critical points made by the committee. On the Ukraine issue, I wanted to say, whilst we accept a number of points made by Honorable Lose, we are saying this presentation was done on Thursday. We are not sure if he was exposed to that. He would still have the same views, but the point we want to make is that our approach Minister, may I just allow you to switch off your video because you seem to have a, a network challenge. How am I now? No, it would be better, I think so. So I'm, I want to say in the global situation, our attitude is that the kind of a country we are in our geolocation and our strength, we always tactically position ourselves in a manner that can make us influential across the entire globe because the success of global peace is when all the parties who are actually matter in this space can actually listen to you. We avoid giving an impression that we've got strength that we do not have. We master that which we can actually champion superior views, views that... So no, no, enhancing our contributions are... Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. We appreciate the entire... Uh, submission entire in the entire engagement by the House. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Honorable Minister. Honorable members, we are reminded that the debates on employment and labor, budget vote, police, which includes police, that includes independent police investigative uh, directorate and civil secretariat for the police, budget vote will take place at 16.30 on the virtual platform. You are kindly reminded to log in at half past at 16.30. That concludes, honorable members, the debate and the business of this.
visual mini plenary, the mini plenary shall rise. 